Witnesses from around the world are reporting strange sightings of monsters, ghosts, and alien beings. The FPS is searching for answers to the unexplained. This is The Hawk. Hey, uh, my name is Brad Uni. I'm from Carnivore Games, and I am the uh, game master of this game. I'm Chris Barsani from the podcast Roll Gay Roleplay, and I'm playing Jeffrey Parker. Hi, I'm Bill Robitel from the Dungeon Masters Dojo, and I'll be playing Jack Benson for you this evening. I'm Louis Ponte. I'm playing Scott Benson. Um, hi, I'm Chelsea Wallace. <laughs> I'm part of the Dungeon Masters Dojo, and I'm playing Carla Maples. And I'm Scott Labby. I'm the Dungeon Master for the Jewel of Mashapur, which is produced by the Dungeon Masters Dojo. And this is The Unexplained. Okay, let's play. So for the people who haven't played before, so we want to do a little character uh, introductions. Is that okay, Brad? Because yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we got a couple. Uh, there's a couple of us that have played before, but there's a few of us that have not. All the character sheets have a little synopsis of who you are, so if you can always read off of that or paraphrase if you so choose. I'll start. Good. Uh, Jack Benson is Scott's older brother. <laughs> um, I have two passions in life, just the two: hiking and camping, and women. Not necessarily in that order. I love the outdoors. I use any excuse to go camping. Uh, I'll usually go with my brother's group on their expeditions for three reasons. They need me. I'll jump at any chance to go out camping in the outdoors. And uh, Cheryl's kind of hot. I am drop-dead handsome, tall, well-built, like to do a lot of hiking. That's why I'm well-built. Wavy blonde hair and blue eyes let out my Nordic good look. And I rarely have trouble attracting women, except for Cheryl. Uh, You guess that uh, the group needs me wherever they go. Uh, let's just say they're not at home in the nature. They're prone to getting lost. In fact, once they bungled an entire expedition by walking around in circles in the woods, lost. I still chuckle about that one. I don't go in for this paranoia stuff. I really don't disbelieve it. I just don't really care. I just want to go camping and uh, maybe get a little uh, action here and there. That's Jack Benson. I want to know why both of you looked at me. When you talked about how hot you were. (laughs) Forewarning. I'm not Cheryl. No. But, no, Cheryl's not here, so. Great. (laughs) Who's next? I am Jeffrey Parker, a UFOologist. I'm not even a conspiracy theorist. I'm a conspiracy believer, a hardcore believer. There is no doubt in my mind. most of the time, it'll be ramblings that might be nonsense, but they will make sense in my head, or I will double down on it regardless. I am part of the foundation because of my knowledge on UFOs, though it does come in handy, uh, even though you kind of have to deal with a little bit of nuttiness uh, in between all of that. Uh, Jeffrey also works at a hunting supply shop uh, for good reason, because you know the government's going to turn on us at some point, and the aliens will invade, and you need to be prepared and well-stocked, and I certainly am. I'm playing Scott Benson. I build all my my computer equipment, all my ghost hunting equipment. And it's like one of my favorite passions. I know my brother doesn't like it, but he has to live with it. I'm Professor Alexander J.F. Kingsley. I know a lot of things about Bigfoot, ghosts, 
the Loch Ness Monster. I am also a prolific author. I have 14 self-published books. Perhaps you've heard of them. What You Should Tell Your Children About Ghosts and the Afterlife. It's my bestseller. More than 367 copies nationwide. Dear John, I'm a ghost now. Another good one. They're good. Um, three Three of my books, no less, but three, have been translated into German, French, and Esperanto. I think I pronounced that right. I look like a scarecrow, kind of, uh, tall and slender and incredibly awkward, and I snack a lot. I am the pinnacle of poor health. All right. uh, Carla Maples, she has been very about the why since she was a young girl. She's a very big skeptic. She always can find an explanation for things that happen. And because of that, she uh, got a job as a um, crime scene analyst for the Los Angeles Police Department. And uh, became pretty well liked. And then um, she became, she had a, um, she had a case where a man fell out of a window and uh, completely convinced that he was pushed. All evidence went towards it. However, there's no evidence that there was another person in the house. After the case closed and it was an accidental death, a group of people had someone come and remove a poltergeist from the building. So she became interested in this unknown and had to, uh, it was more like a challenge to debunk the unknown and prove that it wasn't something paranormal for her. And that's Carla Maples. Okay, so are we ready to get started with the story? We are. Okay, so uh, you are all uh, members of the Boston chapter of the Foundation for Paranormal Investigation which means you cover pretty much all of New England. Um, although, you know, you can uh, on occasion go off to more exotic places and, and such, but, you know, your your official jurisdiction is New England. You take uh, on cases as they come. Uh, you have a website where people can contact you. Uh, you. You know, you got a forum where people are always talking about things they've seen and all of that. You have a hotline where people who are having trouble with with a haunting can contact you, that kind of thing. Well, tonight, Friday night, early September, you're all having some downtime. And Alexander, you're at home grading papers. And uh, which is, of course, you know, the last thing you want to be doing right now. But it's work, and your phone rings. Excellent. I'll I'll answer it. It could be someone from uh, like Christian Mingle answering my <laughs> my posting. Uh, hello, hello. Um, uh, you you hear this um, kind of very tiny, young sounding, like early twenties sounding uh, guy on the other line and and he's all nervous and he's like uh hello is hello this, um is this brian again I, I i i told you to stop calling me i don't have prince albert in the canon i no longer find it funny you should have studied harder you uh, wouldn't have gotten that c minus brian I, i'm sorry i called the police but, but, but no i'm there. i'm i'm not brian 
I'm not Brian. My name is Chris. Chris Hopper. Maybe you remember me, but you probably don't. Um, of course, of um, course. Uh, you're the gentleman with the um, the ball cap and the car. Well, I do have a ball cap. Wow, you do re- you do remember me? Yes, um, of I'm, I'm I'm from. I, uh, I, we we kind of worked together up at Lake Champlain when when uh, when you were uh, doing your investigation of uh, the Lake Champlain monster champ. Yes, and I know yes. I know, and we were there too. My group, the New England uh, Truth Hunters, oh, oh. and you probably you, you might remember us. Uh, we were there, and I I know. None, we we didn't find anything there, but um, but it was still a good case. And well, anyway, we got kind of a problem, actually, kind of a big problem, um, like really, really urgent. And um, I need to meet with you and as many members of your team as you can get together, and like right away. Where? Have uh, you found um, Bigfoot? Well, we can discuss that. My goodness. Uh, we, we, we can meet at, and he he describes like a, like a Panera or some some place for you all to meet up at. I'll, I'll be there in moments, mere moments. Okay, great, great. Thank you. It's it's a matter of life and death, sort of. Oh my. Kind of, maybe. Well, I hang up the phone. Okay. I immediately rush to my room and get my rape whistle that I was given at the community college self-defense class because if it's a matter of life and death, then I need to be prepared. And then I start calling everybody and I give them a very brief message. I call everybody but Jack because I don't want to hear it. And I give them a very brief message. There is a potential for a Sasquatch body in some way, shape or form. We must go to Panera Bread. I'll pick you up. Scott, call your brother. And then I rush out to my Volkswagen minivan after I close my flip phone and I climb in and I go screeching off as epically as one can in a Volkswagen minivan with an airbrushed image of themselves riding Nessie shirtless. (laughs) And I start picking everybody up. Except for except for Jack, because he's got like an extremely hyper masculine Jeep that I know he's gonna he's gonna drive there. So I'll I'll call Jack. Jack? Yes, Scott. We got another trip. It's it's outdoors. What's we? The, we as in you and I? Well, the gang, the group. Not your crazy group. Well, it I may get hurt, so you may want to You might come get along. hurt just asking me asking me to go. Are you coming or not? There's no oh, wait a one, minute, there's, wait a minute, there's wait no minute. one I would rather have at my side than you when shit's going down. Uh, well, duh. You know, I, I, <laughs> but of course. I can't fight my way out of a wet paper bag. I've seen you trip on the shower curtain and spend a half an hour fighting it. Well, so remember going up the hill and I couldn't make I didn't do leg day that day? Yeah, leg day, right. Yeah. That that was the excuse, leg day. Um so just out of curiosity, who's gonna be there? Well, I, I know Alexander's going to be there. <laughs> Alexander. Yeah, I, I think Jeffrey's going to be there, and and I don't know who else he called. You know, our our, our team is very kind of. Well, yeah, if you've moved yeah. a little ways away and are busy with other things, there. I think there's 
two or three of them out on a boat somewhere is out in Boston Bay looking for like, you know, uh, what did they say? Uh, uh, hints of Atlantis. I think they found a structure under the water. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably a sunken boat, the freaking whack jobs. All right. Uh, sure. Whatever. Oh, I think that's him at my door. Uh, should I pick you up? I think he's going to be here any moment. I think that's him at my door. Oh, uh, yo, Alexander? Yes. All right, where are we meeting? Panera. Which one? There's Oops. like six within a half hour drive. I'll let myself in to Scott's house. <laughs> Snack, snacking on Doritos. <laughs> where, where are we going? Jack wants to know where he's meeting us at. Panera. He wants to know which one. Oh, the, 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 the one in the Westbrook Plaza. The one in the Westbrook Plaza. All right. I'll be there shortly. Come on. Jeff's at work. We have to get him out of work. Okay. And who else are we getting? We're going to go get Carla. Uh, oh, did I hear him say Carla? He, he didn't say Cheryl. But he said Carla, right? Yes. Um, forward me her address. I'll pick her up. Uh, and I'll just give him the addresses. I'll just give him a, I'll send it, I'll send it in text message. Okay. That's one less stop <laughs> you have to make now. All right. So we'll go to Jeff's workplace <laughs> and march in the, I got to gather my equipment first, please. Give me a couple minutes. Oh, okay. I'll... This has got to be done right if we're going to do it. But I don't even know what the fuck we're doing. I'll stand by him and do nothing at all but snack. I'll just grab you know my EMFs and you know my my UV black lights and everything else that I think I'm gonna need. Uncomfortably close, because I'm not good with social cues. Can you just back up? I don't like it when you look over my shoulder like that. I gotta tell Sorry, you this just, every uh, time. I don't know if you need help or not. You might need something. I would ask. You know what? Can you pick up that backpack over there? That one. That one. Of course. Thank I you. I walk over. <laughs> I end up dragging it. Yeah, that's expensive. <laughs> the backpack. What's in it is. What's in it? It's heavy. Weighs a ton. Come on, we have to go get Jeff. Oh my God, let's go. Give me that backpack before you break it. I slide it over to him. I'm going to pull up in front of the police station in my Jeep Sahara with the massive tires, the front grill that looks like it's bearing teeth with the farmer's jack and the, the water can on one side and a gas can on the other and step out because there's no doors. Head on into the police station, go right to the investigator's area and just walk into Carla's office. Can, can I Can I help you? Hi, Carla. How Hi. do you know my name? Oh, everyone knows your name. Um, Alexander sent me. He said it's absolutely urgent that you show up. He's something about a, well, I have no idea what it is. But it's really urgent that you come. And you know Alexander how? Oh, we've been, uh, well, him and my brother are friends, and I tag along to make sure they don't kill themselves. And your brother is? (laughs) Scott. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You and I are going to get along just fine. (laughs) Uh, Carla's going to grab all her stuff. Just give me a minute, okay? Carla's going to open her desk. She's going to grab her pistol. Wow, holster. 40 cal, that's cute. Want something real? Um, I have a spare 45 in the Jeep. Okay, don't shine, okay? We don't need you to shine. I just want to make sure you have... I have everything I need. Don't oh, all right. Mm-hmm. 
uh, grab um, all my stuff, my friends' a kit, my camera, my walkie-talkie, and um, my camera and my walkie-talkie. And uh, I'm going to peer behind Jack to see his monstrosity of a vehicle. It's a beast. It's too much. Are you, like, asking for something? You need attention? No, in the places I go, you need something like that. Oh. I wonderful. go I go places where there are no roads, so I just make my own as I go. Well, I guess this will be an adventure, won't it? Carla's going to... Would you like a ladder? He'll hold out his hand to help no, you No, I got this. Thank are you, you sure? Yep. I'm oh, more right. than capable of doing this my own. Sure. Carla's going to hoist herself up into this monstrosity of a vehicle, strap herself in, and uh, hope she doesn't die. There you go. Well, it, there is a six-point restraint system. Six point. Yes. If you go faster than 60, I may kill you. Okay. <clears throat> you shift into gear and go tearing off, peel off rubber right in front of the police station. You hear Carlos <laughs> screaming off into the distance. <laughs> <laughs> he, apparently, he apparently gives very little regard to, like, the color of lights as well. <laughs> She's just grasping onto anything in the car that she can hold on for dear life. Dear life, like that's going to help her when when they crash. It, 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 sorry about this, but they said it was urgent. Okay, well, we can... Oh, okay. It's you know a, what? Carla is so scared right now that she can't even talk. She doesn't even know where her lungs are, so... <laughs> she's just thinking of all the things she's going to do to this man once this car is stopped. And once we get to Panera, he's going to park on top of a bush. I don't think I'm in the mood to eat anything. They have appetizers. He'll jump out. Carla's going to struggle with the six-point restraints. As he hears clank, 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 he's he's not even going to turn around. He's just going to go, press the big red button, sweetheart. I press the button. I jump out of this vehicle. I kick the tire and walk into Panera. Uh, Alexander and Scott will uh, enter the store that Jeff works at. March in. Declare very loudly, Jeffrey, we need you at once. I understand you said you were working. However, we may have a Sasquatch. Ooh. All right. Do we need to go right now? Right this instant. Also, if your boss is here, um, your uncle died. Tragic. Oh. We must gotcha. go at once. Yeah, hang on a second. And Lion now, uh... taming accident or some such exotic beast. I, I got you. I got you. And I'll take a little bit of my water and I'll splash it on my face. And I'll just start run over to the manager. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> and I'll run back. And I'll say, how many how many days uh, rations do you have or need? How many chips do you have in your car? How many? How many what? Many what? Chips, chips. How many chips? I need to know how much rations we need. I've got some cosmic brownies in the glove box, and I believe there's Twinkie or two underneath the passenger side seat. I hate that one. Duffel, you hate that? Sorry. I got a bag in my car. Don't worry. Very well. Uh, And we'll uh, he'll lead you fake crying the whole time. He'll lead you fake crying the whole time. There I'm we go. I'm sure my, be... mouth, my, my mic completely gone. 
Sure, there'll be plenty of food, Jeffrey. Jack is coming. Slaughter some poor innocent animal. You can devour that in the woods if need be, correct? Yeah. Your brother does. That's what I had. Why, yeah, that's why he's here. Uh, okay, well, I'll just grab one bag from my truck then. Very good. And then we'll all go to Panera. <laughs> when you enter the Panera, Alexander, you know, you recognize this guy. He was um, there at Lake Champlain. You don't really remember him saying much, and you don't really remember him doing a whole lot. But he was there looking really um, enthusiastic and willing to help, but his team didn't really have him do anything. So he comes up and he introduces himself. He's he's like, uh, hi, hi, Chris Hopper from uh, NETH, the New England Truth Hunters. So come on, I got I got us a table. And so, yeah, sure enough, he, he got you guys a booth kind of near the back. He's got his large charged lemonade that, that he's probably uh, refilled a couple times, ju- judging by how fast his knees are bouncing. And he looks like wicked nervous. And he's, he, he's just like looking around from one face to another. And he's like mentally counting how many of you are, are there. And, and, and he's like, okay, um, so, so is this all of you? Yep. Okay. All right, well, so you probably want to know why you're here. You see, okay, you you probably all know something about uh, the Bridgewater Triangle, the triangle of, of intense paranormal activity that goes through Bridgewater. Um, well, my team has been uh, doing a lot of investigating around there. You know, lo- looking, looking at, um, you know, looking for the phantom hitchhiker of Route 44 and some of the other, some of the other um, things that have been cited. We have recently taken on the the big expedition three days ago into the Hockamock Swamp, and just so you, you guys probably Why? would would know what the Hockabock Swamp is. It is literally the biggest swamp in Massachusetts and quite possibly the biggest one in the Northeast. So, Northeastern U.S. anyway. Um, it's it's pretty big. And um, it that's and it's smack dab in the middle of uh, what's called the, the Bridgewater Triangle. And um, so so he says this and he's you know, assuming you're all impressed and he's a little disappointed at your, you know, matter of fact faces. I'm looking um, at the menu. But, right, right. <laughs> um, oh, Alex- well, Alexander <clears throat> paid for the whole seat, but he's only using the edge. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so we went, we went there uh, three days ago and... Um, there, there's so much going on out there, uh, supposedly, that they were planning on being out there for for uh, five days to um, investigate and gather as much information as possible. And um, I, I'm here because, you know, I, I needed to watch the fort and, you know, in case they need any any uh, research done or any uh, things thing like that. And so... So um, 
you know, they, they were they were supposed to check in with me uh, twice a day, and um, they've been doing that. But today, they've missed both of their check-ins, and now I don't know what to do. Well, isn't it obvious what needs to be done? A rescue mission, of course. Well, that's why I called you. Excellent. So, so, and um, you know, I we'll be willing to, um, you know, if you if you help us out, we'll be willing to share the the whatever data we we collected out there. Oh, beautiful. So, um, you know, I I, I know the uh, I know the route they took, and so I can I can guide you. Will you be accompanying but, us? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Very good. We should start as soon as we can. I mean, you know, probably not at night, but um, first thing in the morning, if we can do that, because I don't know what's wrong with them. They they would never have missed a check-in unless something was wrong. So, Did they um, bring enough batteries? Yes. They, oh, okay. they, they bring extra batteries because ghosts have a tendency to drain them. This is true, so, yes. They bring a, a good supply of that, so they, there should be no reason why they couldn't why they couldn't check in. Write down your address on this napkin. I'll slide a napkin over towards them. I'll be by okay. to pick you up at o five hundred hours. That's how you say it. Yes, that's how you say it. Tomorrow morning, um, and I, also I taught him that. Uh, you you may proud of you. You may buy me a tuna sandwich and a bag of chips as well. Okay. Well, we, you know, as soon as you said write down his address, he immediately picks up his phone to go and, and send it to you. Then he looks at the napkin you slid over and send it you. And he He's a little technologically the, oh, yeah. inept. I hand him a pen. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, he takes it and he he has trouble writing on the napkin. To be, to be honest. Because Why don't you give it to me? Not... I'll write it down and then we can put it in the GPS. Okay, thank you. Yeah, no problem. So And so he he, he tells you the, the address. Got you. I'm going to record it in um, my phone. Yeah, he kind of butchered the, the napkin. Technology. Um, I have a phone as well. I flip it open, just like Captain Kirkwood. Well, you can still record <laughs> notes on there. How long of a trip is this, by the way? Oh, I don't know. Um, well, it would take it would take about half hour to forty five minutes to drive to drive to where uh, to where they started, but then it would take probably just about the whole day to get most of the way, and then so we'll probably have to camp out um, like two thirds of the way there, you know. And and you're gonna need we're, we're gonna need uh, like a like um, an inflatable raft or something because there's there's a bit of water to that we're gonna have to cross. Three inflatable kayaks in the truck. We're all set. Awesome. So you you said oh five hundred. Yes. Five hundred. Awesome. Oh, that sounds really early, don't you think? Yes, of course. But one, one needs must. their beauty sleep. I'm already beautiful. That's a joke. I'm sorry I said anything. He almost he almost fine. never has his shirt buttoned. It's always wide open, showing off his. His pectoral muscles and his washboard abs. Carla, Carla gets nice. a little bit of a gag every time she looks at him. That, that's Just fine. A tidge. Scott, I'll be by to collect you. I'll make sure to have everything ready. Jeffrey. Yes. I have plenty of room in the battle wagon, as I like to call it. Lovely. I'll be there with 
half hour, I'll, I'll bring jerky. I just made some. I'll bring fresh jerky for everybody. Carla, you have a choice. You can either uh, have me pick you up first in the morning or you can stay at my place. Oh, no. You can pick me up in the morning. Ah, just checking. Unless anyone else wants to pick me up in the morning. Well, actually, I, I don't. I think I'm full. Actually, I that's unfortunate. Well, we are going to have a lot of equipment. Oh, yeah, she'll need room for my bags, too. I'll save some drinky for you, though. And, yes. Thanks, drinky. God, Godspeed. Need drinky. I'll need it. Show you a thing or two. From I'll show the, him uh, a thing or two. Self-defense class. The community college that I, I took last year. We've seen you in action <laughs> yes. one time. Screech, run, fall down, blow your whistle, choke on it. <laughs> Hope someone gives you Heimlich. In, Picks you up and carries you out. In we my, got it. In my defense, that hill that I ran up was exhausting, and I thought there was a Wendigo after me at the time. And it, look what happened to you Johnny. You got 22 feet. <laughs> That's a lot of feet. Carla's enjoying this. Have, and what happened to Johnny uh, was... Um, Unfortunate. It was a self-emolliation. Uh, <laughs> he just he lit himself on fire. So it's not like uh, he was attacked by anything. You require a great deal of counseling, I'm sure, after uh. that. <laughs> but, yes, poor Johnny. Carla, do you have a backpack at least? I have quite a bit of equipment. I'm okay. good. Just, yes. just checking in case there's anything you need. I, I work for the police Scott. station. I'm, I'm good. So you split up, and I, I would assume that you would, you would pack, you know, standard investigation gear, um, and camping and hiking gear. Uh, so uh, I'm not going to be a stickler on that kind of stuff. You know, you, you've got your walkie talkies, you've got your, your, um, you know, cameras and, and, you know, just like you would each have your own camera and you would have your camping gear, all, all that kind of standard stuff, flashlights, that kind of thing. I'll make sure but, everyone's properly outfitted. Right. Now, the team itself has four what I call tra trap cameras, which are, you know, the, the uh, weatherproof um, enclosure um, with motion-sensitive uh, night vision camera in it that you can attach to a tree or something like that. And uh, you got four of those. And you also have four night vision cameras with tripods that can go wirelessly to uh, Scott's laptop. If there's any other, you know, special gear that's not on your character sheet that I didn't mention that that you feel you need to bring or would want to bring, um, you know, now's the time to, to mention it and you can write it down. I'm also bringing uh, night vision body cameras just to capture. So while I'm moving, I can capture everything without having my hands. I can be using my e, e, uh, EMF, you know, holding it with one hand and just have the body camera on myself. I um okay. I specifically asked you to ask before you borrowed those. Did I or did I not? Thought I did ask you. You probably weren't paying attention to me once again. You probably was looking at a chick. There's that too. You know, you your interests are all over the place except for when your brother needs a little bit of No, my interests usually are fairly polarized. <laughs> See? Exactly. Well, we got them here anyway, so might as well use them. <sighs> might as well. I bring my right. baseball bat, my Louisville slugger, the wooden one, in case I need to do wood knocking and uh, communicate with any uh, Sasquatch. Awesome. I'll make sure I have my compound bow, my Bowie knife. 
my 45, six or seven clips to go along with it, but the, the dozen arrows are usually more than enough. Yeah, Jeffrey's also bringing at least one firearm, at least one easily accessible firearm, and maybe one hiding somewhere that he's a little bit too obvious about. Okay. <clears throat> like maybe his jeans are a little bit too tight for the ankle to not be showing, like this obvious gun imprint. <laughs> he's like crossing his legs trying to not show it. I love that. So you should have that. You should have at least one gun on your on your character sheet, right? Yes. I, I think you might even yeah. have two. Okay, I can't I have two. Yeah, in. you're the paranoid one. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, you you break for the night, and then uh, we can if uh, unless there's anything anyone wants to do before the morning, yeah, we can just uh, fast forward to uh, 0500. Sounds good to me. Okay. All right. Sounds good. A little disappearing. Pointed that Panera doesn't have a bar. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Yay, uh, soups. Chris does speak highly of their of their uh charged lemonades. You know, they they they've got like, you know, one of them has has just under the daily maximum of caffeine that you should intake in one day. So, <laughs> you know, he's had three. Um <laughs> All right. The next day comes around, five o'clock. You start picking people up. Yep. Five o'clock. Parked right out front of Carlos. Hit the horn. Carlos is going to walk out of the door quickly and tell him to stop. Please stop. There are other people sleeping in this neighborhood. Not anymore. God, you're a tool. <laughs> Carla's gonna grab all her equipment, especially her forensic kit. She's gonna mm-hmm. bring it with her, throw it in the truck, climb awesome. and climb in herself. Make sure put your seatbelt on. Carla has no problem putting it on this time. Reach down to the dash, flip all six switches that light up all the light bars that are in the front and back of the truck. So for at least one and a half square blocks, it looks like daylight. Carla preemptively took Dramamine. (laughs) (laughs) And head off to the appointed meeting spot. Okay. I'll gather up everybody. I'll start loading loading up my equipment, cinching it all down, and jump in. Okay. I'll ask Jeff. Um, All that barbed wire, is that necessary, Jeffrey? You can never be too careful. You never know when this could come in handy. Very well. Oh. And I throw my bags in, but I don't strap them down. They're just chaotically tossed in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so Chris, um, you know, gives you direction and you head off. You know, you, you, you head on south down to, uh, to, to the Bridgewater area. So, yeah, you know, for, for those who know the Ma- Massachusetts area, you know, the Bridgewater Triangle, the, the three points of it, are from Rehoboth, Freetown, and Abington. So, so that includes, you know, some of Bridgewater, a good chunk of it. It puts the hawk right in the middle of uh, the triangle, and literally everything you could possibly imagine has been seen or reportedly seen in and around the triangle, especially uh, from those people who 
venture into the Hawk or live near it. Everything from Sasquatch to Thunderbird to UFOs to ghosts, you know, ghosts of settlers, ghosts of uh, Native Americans, Pukwudgie, which are these little two to three foot tall um, primitive people-like things, little bizarre, kind of like a porcupine on the back. Like their backs are kind of porcupine-like, but their fronts are kind of like troll-like. Yeah, they're they're really weird, supposedly. They're supposedly all over the place down there. You know, people have seen supposedly seen just about anything. And it's just, you know, I, I guess whatever you're into when it comes to the paranormal, uh, it's been seen there. And as we're driving, we'll pull out my phone and just look up some of the, the lore for this region. Here's the thing. Um, King Philip's war was fought like heavily in this area. There was a lot of bloodshed in and around this area, you know, between uh, between colonists or settlers and um, the Wampanoag and one other tribe from the area. You know, it was, it was pretty nasty. There's a stone that supposedly ha- is where I think uh, King Philip uh, surrendered or something like that. There's all kinds of like stones and things that have that have markings uh, from from a long time ago. And, you know, so there's lots of interesting stuff that that is interesting and and definitely real. Then there's all the sightings that of um, phenomena that are just everywhere. Will of the Wisps, you name it. You know, if it's if it's paranormal, people have, have seen it. As we're driving, I'll just be reading it out aloud. So Everybody in the, the vehicle can, you know, get a little bit more information, more than what they probably have. Okay. With it being about 5 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning as we're tearing down the highway, Carla probably looks a little cold since there's no doors on the Jeep and no back window, so I'll turn the heat on. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> It'll probably do no good, but I'm going to turn the heat on anyways. <laughs> right, right. Thanks for being considerate for once. Well, you look uncomfortable. I wouldn't want you uncomfortable. If underneath the seat, there's an army wool blanket, if you'd like. I'm going to grab that blanket and wrap myself around. Well, cover me with it. Being being an army blanket, it's probably like uh, three and a half times itchier than any other wool vestment or garment you have ever donned. I'll it is warm. Itch over cold. <laughs> it is warm. Mm. <laughs> I am blasting Mbop by Hanson on the radio <laughs> with the windows down. I was just singing that last time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a sing-along for Jeffrey. <laughs> every word. Uh, and, every syllable. And Alexander. <laughs> I, I put my ear pods on listen to, to a podcast. <laughs> With a muffled background of, of Hanson. Great. <laughs> All right. So um, the drive is only, you know, like I say, between a half an hour and 45 minutes. And finally, you pull into a uh, parking lot. And when I say a parking lot, you know, I can use air quotes um, because it's it's really kind of this clearing in the trees on the side of a, a rural route somewhere south of Abington. And you, you pull into it. It's like like a little like a little dirt road and you go a sh- very short distance and it opens up into into, like I said, this kind of clearing and uh, you can see that people have parked their cars there 
to go hiking and stuff. And there, and there are some trails that this is nothing official. There's no official sign. Um, there's technically no trespassing signs. So there's at least nobody saying you can't go there. One of the things about the Hockamock is that it's kind of smack dab in the middle of a whole bunch of towns. It's nearly impossible to know where the borders are in the Hawk because nobody really marked them. Some some parts of it might actually be owned by private people, but you're not going to know that either. Um, there's just no way to know who owns what and what belongs to where. So uh, you do see one car parked there and he's like, oh, that's theirs. It's an SUV. It's like maybe a 2010 Honda Pilot. It, and it and it's just kind of parked there and that's their that's their car. Uh so what do you do? I'm gonna hop out of the monstrosity mm. and um I'm gonna go and start looking around the vehicle to see if there are any anything left in there that would be suspicious. Like did they leave their their gear behind? Did they leave their phones behind? So I'm gonna look for that kind of stuff. Okay, you actually see, um, uh, looking in, say the back, the the back window, you can see that the um, that the back section is completely empty, and it looks like they had uh, so, some some kind of um, like like a protective sheet or something down, you know, so that they could put lots of stuff in there without hurting the uh, the inside of the car. It looks like form-fitting because because they had lots of gear. Just about all that gear is gone. Um, you know, you, you might see uh, wrappers to a, to a couple, maybe some film or something that they took them out of the package, stuffed them in a bag and left the package in the car, that kind of thing. But you don't see any, any um, you know, suspiciously uh, left behind gear. You also notice that uh, they didn't leave behind any food or food trash, which is good because you don't want uh, bears to come and try to break into your car. It looks fine. If anyone wants to make, say, a uh, search test to uh, kind of see if you can find any any other kind of clues, feel free to do that. Nope, I'm ignoring it all, and I'm just going to start pulling gear out of the Jeep. Okay. Is, uh, is everyone familiar on how to how to use the dice and, and, and do that part of the game? Yeah. You're if you could explain it, I would appreciate it. Um, so the way it works is um, on your character sheet, you've got four types of, of traits. You've got attributes and gifts and faults on page one. And then on page two, you've got all your skills. Okay? Okay. Um, the, the gifts and faults are generally just things about you things that for, you know for um, instance um jack's gift is attractive uh but his fault is lecherous and attention hog right so that means he might have to if it's really important he be quiet and stealthy but there are some women present you know he might have to make a a, a will test to resist um drawing attention to himself at an inopportune moment you know that kind of thing Okay. So that's that's how gifts and faults work. 
you know, uh, I know there, there was one character that's not in here who has who has a contact at the FBI. So so that it's not a game system thing. That's more of a story thing. So some things are tied to the system. Some things are tied to um, to story. And those are the gifts and the faults. But everything else is going to be handled as dice rolls. And it will use this this one mechanic. And here's the way it works. If you take a look at the first page at your attributes, you'll see, um, well, actually, I, I told everyone that they can make a search test. So I guess on page two, you can, under skills, there's a skill called search. Okay. And so, and you have an adjective next to it. And if you didn't put one in, then there's a default one of poor. So, uh, so it defaults to poor, but but if you if you actually purchased rank levels in search, then it might be higher than that. Here's the way it works. You take all four of your fudge dice and you roll them and you add up the pluses. You subtract the minuses. You ignore the blanks because these fudge dice, that's what they are. They're D6s that have two blanks, two pluses, two minuses. So you do that and you'll end up with a number like plus two, minus three, you know, or even just nothing, zero. And so that's what you end up with. And so you take whatever level your skill is at. So let's say your skill was fair. If you look on page one, there's this uh, black box that has a list of all these adjectives in order, starting with, I think, um, like legendary and then going down to terrible. So you find your skill level on that and then you just go up or down based on what you rolled. So if if you're fair and you rolled a plus two, uh, going up from fair by two puts Got you to it. great. That makes okay. total sense now, yeah. I understand now. Okay. And, and, that's, and that's really it. Um, that's how to do uh, 90% of the game. Uh, you do, the one thing I should mention is you have luck points. Every character has luck points. And it's on page one, um, right in that top black section that has all of your like your name and all of that. I think everybody but Scott in this case has three. <laughs> Ordinarily, you get three luck points at the beginning of every session, and you can use them throughout the game. The GM can award more for some like maybe some great role playing or whatever. But at the beginning of the next session, it always goes back to three. Okay. And the primary way to use uh, luck points is when you make a test and you either failed that test or you didn't succeed as well as you wanted to, because that can sometimes matter. Uh, you can choose retroactively to uh, spend luck points to add pluses to the roll. So so you can bump up your roll by however many luck points you spend. Um and you know as long as long as you know you you realize you needed more and you decide pretty pretty quickly before we role play it out, you know, and you announce it, there you go. It's it's done and and you can bump it up. Now the trick about luck points is this. The GM has no luck points at the start of the session uh, for any of his creatures, characters, and whatnot um, until you start spending luck points. When you spend a luck point, it goes to me. And then I have it, and I can use it for any of my creatures and such. 
And then when I use it, it goes away. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, but it is something you have that you can use. Okay. Okay? Okay. Yes. Thank you. So we're rolling our dice for the search now? Oh, yeah. So you're rolling your dice for the search. Biscuits. Yeah, fair. I got great. I got superb. Oh, wow. Hey. I got so six MREs in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so, um, so I, I, I heard, I heard a great and I heard a superb and I heard six MREs. I have a fair. A fair. Okay. The fair pretty much got you what, what I already described. Okay. And, um, the great, uh, shows that there are footprints in the dirt around the car that shows three sets of tracks, um, kind of going around the truck and then finally heading off towards one of the trails. The superb uh, pretty much finds that and you just get more detail. Um, you know, none of, none of these people look like they're really big and tough, judging by their feet. <laughs> um, <but laughs> judging by their hobby. <laughs> <laughs> judging by their hobby, yeah, well, you know. And... Uh, but they also aren't real small either. They, it, it also does look like they are all wearing boots, uh, like hiking boots. So that means that they're at least uh, thinking a little bit, right? So at least their their foot gear seems looks like it might be uh, adequate for what they're doing. That's pretty much all you, you get. Scott, did you bring a tent to stay overnight? I did say that you would have brought camping. Gear. Yes, or, yeah, yes, I know, but I'm yeah. okay. I'm just checking. Just want to make sure oh. you have. I mean, it's my little brother. I gotta make sure he's all set. Then I'll walk over to Carla. Carla, did you bring a tent to stay in? Yes. Morning? Oh, bad idea. We're in a swamp, sweetheart. There's nowhere to try to put that here. Take the. I'll just take her backpack apart. Take the tent. Throw it in the back of the, the jeep and hand her a hammock. It has a bug net attached to it. That actually is quite helpful. Of course it is. And, and it's it, full it, it, of of somehow you're full of yourself. It's full of that. No? That's my cologne, sweetheart. <laughs> You'll get used to it. <laughs> so do you leave the tent in the back of the Jeep? <clears throat> no, I'm going to grab my tent just in case. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, so Chris is like, yeah, yeah, this is this is the trail that we that we have to that we got to go. So and, and it's the one that um, that uh, was it Scott who got the superb? Oh, uh, yes. And yeah, that so so that's that's where you were uh, after having followed followed the trail of uh, footprints to uh, one of the few trails heading out into the woods. Okay. Alrighty. So you head off into it. Now uh, the woods starts off like a pretty much a standard uh, New England woods. You know, you get you get all the trees, and they're they're relatively uh, tight. Um, ex except where the trail is and the trail it looks like the trail probably was once a game trail that then people just started using and it does look like it's been used by people a lot over the years uh, to, to go hiking and so you so you head along and it's and at first it's pretty easy to follow but eventually you get to a point where the trees just kind of get smaller and you know like thinner trunks and they're more kind of spread out 
so that you can walk between them a whole lot easier and so the trail becomes becomes a little less obvious because it's not this thing that's running quite obviously through a you know a, a wall of trees so so you have to you know sort of keep your eyes eye out uh chris is sort of fumbling with a um with a compass and like, like, well, well, I'm gonna laugh at him. We're supposed to go kind of, uh, let's see, it would be, it would be, uh, southwest, kind of southwest from here. But, you know, we, we should, we should try to follow their trail if we can, if we can. So, if anyone has a survival skill, yes. Um, um first, I'm gonna do is once we you get to the end of the trail, it'll start to look a little sketchy. I'm gonna pull out a three foot section of surveyor's tape, bright orange, tie it to a tree to the side, pull out my GPS, set it as a waypoint. Okay. Then tuck the GPS away, then pull out my compass and using my my survival skills, I will uh, check my compass to see which direction we're supposed to be going and how that's gonna work out. So that's gonna be a great. Okay. And so- uh, and then it's like, look, I mean, I'm just, I, this is what I'm doing for myself. Just make sure everything is all copesthetic and then I'll, let Chris go about his fumbling, but I am going to openly laugh at him while he's trying to figure out his compass. Okay, okay, yeah, that that just makes him more nervous and makes him fumble more. But he's he starts kind of stumble walking off in more or less the right direction, um, as far as you can tell. You also, with your great survival, you you're able to see the trail that the uh, three people before you uh, had had taken and it's um he goes off that trail a little bit but if you guys if you just lead in the right way he will eventually i'm not gonna let him veer off but i'm gonna stay on the trail and just keep an eye on the footprints until they fade out and eventually he'll he'll make his way back but i'm just i'm gonna let him lead air quotes and uh just kind of hike in behind him and stifle my chuckles okay so yeah, so everybody sees uh, Chris going off kind of in one direction and Jack in another, more or less the same direction, but one veering away from the other. So what do you guys do? Stay tuned for next week's episode of The Unexplained. <laughs> <laughs>